Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of February 25th through the 27th, 2022. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. I know the geopolitical situation right now is sometimes pretty tough to hear about going uh, at the moment. And at the same time, you know, I also acknowledge that the box office numbers and movies may be one of the least important things to pay attention to in the world to, in the world right now to many people. Uh, my heart goes out to all the Ukrainians as well as to all the average Western citizens who didn't really want the war in the first place. If you're looking for a movie about how we got here, well, Sean Penn is apparently on the ground right now making a documentary about the war. There is a precursor in the 2015 Oscar-nominated documentary Winter on Fire about protests in Ukraine that led to the country becoming closer to the West, uh, currently available on Netflix. Um, or, you know, on a slightly lighter note, you could also watch the Ukrainian dub of the Paddington films, uh, where the Marmalade Loving Bear was voiced uh, by one-time comedian and Ukrainian Dancing with the Stars champion and current badass and Ukrainian president Volodymyr uh, Zelensky. Uh, so there's that. Now, that all being said, you know, the movie industry in its own way is affected by the ongoing crisis. Uh, part of the West's response to the Western invasion has been economic sanctions on multiple levels. Uh, while I don't think there's a mandate from the government yet to stop all business with Russia entirely, uh, the shutdown of the SWIFT payment system goes a long way toward encouraging that. And as such, on Monday, uh, Disney was the first studio to announce that they will be indefinitely pausing release of theatrical films in Russia, starting with Turning Red uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, which, you know, due to Russia not having access to Disney Plus currently, actually Russia was going to be one of the few countries to actually get a theatrical release for the Pixar film, which otherwise is a Disney Plus exclusive. Uh, for a point of reference, Luca, which made just about $50 million internationally last year, and then another Pixar exclusive to Disney Plus, um, about 9.5%, about nearly 20% of that of that came from Russia, which is the second largest region behind China's $13.7 million. Uh, in addition, Disney has the Doctor Strange film coming in May and Lightyear in, in June, so depending on how long this goes on, uh, no, those films might not be able to make it over to us as well. Um, after that, you know, after Disney set, kind of set the tone, other studios started following suit. Um, Warner Brothers, which you know initially had planned on having the Batman release uh, this week in Russia, um, later changed course and paused the Russian release. Uh, for a point of comparison here, the Joker back in 2019 made $737 million international. 30 million of which came from Russia, which was the 10th largest market for that film. Um, notably, Universal is partnering with Warner Brothers for that distribution of that film, and they also paused all their upcoming releases in Russia for the time being as well. Uh, they are also joined by Sony, who has Morbius coming out, as well as Paramount, who has The Lost City and Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming out in the next few weeks, which again will not be seen in Russia, at least for the time being. Uh, notably, Sony pausing Morbius is actually pretty significant, since most recently, of the $288 million that Venom 2 made last year's overseas, Russia was the number one country with $37 million total. Um, and for No Way Home, Russia was responsible for $54.7 million of Sony's uh, Spider-Man's international take, ranked sixth overall um, among international regions. Now, overall, you know, Russia may not be the biggest market out there like the U.S. or China, but it's still pretty significant. It was ranked ninth in 2020 by revenue and sixth by total number of admissions. So why would studios and distributors decide to do this? Well, obviously, you know, what they're saying out loud on the first level is, you know, pause new releases due to the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine, which, you know, I think one level below that is probably also the logistical 
uh, logistical challenges of basically moving capital in and out of Russia with the swift ca- with the swift uh, payment kind of being down, um, and also just the inherent risks of working in the country that's seen as an aggressor in the military global conflict. You know, if the U.S. does mandate you know more more economic regulations, it's better to uh, kind of get ahead of those preemptively here. And then one level further below that, I think, is the fact that the value of the ruble has halved in less than a week with, you know, further hardships for the Russian economy ahead. Um, and that just kind of makes, you know, potential, you know, people people in Russia planning to go see movies when the value of their currency uh, is deflating, you know, the, the interest rates are up to 20%. Um, you know, I don't think that many people planning on going to see movies anyway in Russia with that situation going on. Um, so, yeah, I think the 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 potential revenue to be gained from the studios is, you know, on one, on a kind of like a business pragmatic level going to be limited. So um, it's probably, frankly, a combination of all three of these factors, um, if not more going into this. Um, and, you know, obviously, again, movies are the least, you know, important, like the impact on movies is one of the least important impacts to pay attention to in this crisis, but, um, you know, still worth mentioning, at least in the context of this podcast and what its scope is. Uh, moving back to the domestic box office this weekend, there isn't too much to talk about out there. Um, no changes in order among the top five. Um, in first place, we have Sony's Uncharted dropping a respectable 48% after a holiday weekend, $23 million in 4,275 4, 4, theaters, per theater average of 5,381. Current domestic total sits at $83 million. Internationally, it's made $142 million for about $225 million uh, total worldwide against $120 million budget. In second place, United Artists dropped. Uh, United Artists um, Dog dropped 32 percent to 10 million dollars in 3,827 theaters, per theater average of 2,655. Domestic total of 31 million dollars, which is the lion's share of the global 33 million dollar to take against the 15 million dollar production budget. Uh, in third place, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home chugs along with 5.8 million uh, in weekend 11 for a 22% drop in still 3,002 theaters per theater average of 1,933. Domestic total of 780 million so far and 1.85 billion dollars worldwide. Uh, fourth place goes to Death on the Nile in weekend three, dropping 32% to 4.5 million in 3,420 theaters per theater average of $1,314. Domestic total sits at 32.7 million with 68 million overseas, putting the worldwide total at just over 100 million against the $90 million production budget. And then finally, in fifth place, Jackass Forever added another 3.1 million in weekend four, a 40% drop from last week in 2,913 theaters for a $1,080 per theater average, $52 million domestic total. Another 13 million abroad puts it at 65 million worldwide against its $10 million budget. Outside the top five, you know, we have two new openings or expansions. Uh, in eighth place for the weekend, Studio 666 from Open Road, star, uh, open, starring Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Um, this comedy uh, horror film made $1.5 million in 2,360 per through the average of only $668. Not a big surprise. It flopped, though. It did also, it was a bit, it did come in even lower than expected, below the $2.7 million forecast from uh, Box Office Pros. No word on the production budget on this one. And then in ninth place, we have Serrano from United Artists Releasing, uh, opening to only 1.3 million in 787 theaters for a per theater average of 1,739. Still not great uh, with its 30 million production budget or the 2.8 million forecast from Box Office Pros. 
I really think United Artists just messed up the distribution here. They moved it a couple, a bunch of times. Um, and, you know, between the distribution not being that great and the awards campaign being lackluster for this, you know, it did get the best costume nominee, which is why I ended up seeing it for the Oscars death race. Um, but, you know, it definitely could have, I think, done a lot more if it had been managed properly. Uh, speaking of Oscars, though, the 2022 Oscars Sorts program. So, uh, one program for the live action, one for the for the animated sorts, and two for the documentary sorts collectively. Uh, in about 350 theaters, made $434,000 for a per theater average of $1,223. Um, and then perhaps the biggest surprise of the weekend uh, is that Godfather 50th Anniversary screened in 146 theaters and made $965,000 for a per theater average of 6188 the highest per theater average of the weekend. Uh, overall, total domestic box office sits at $60.7 million. Um, the big release this weekend is, of course, The Batman, uh, which will go over the forecast for that in a second. Um, in addition, After Yang, a new sci-fi film from Kogunada by A24 Films, is set to have a limited release as well after opening at Sundance. Uh, moving on to the Batman then, uh, industry sources say that as of this past Monday before its release, um, the Batman has about $20 million or so worth of, to- of pre-sale tickets sold. Uh, that's about 80% higher than the Eternals and 73% higher than Black Widow at the same point in time. Uh, that puts the forecast at the opening weekend at about 105 to $135 million um, uh, um, uh, from, from some industry sources. Box Office Post has it a little bit higher from 130 to $170 million. And, you know, the studio, of course, is underestimating it at $90 million, kind of like lowballing it a little bit. Um, over on Rotten Tomatoes, it has opened to a 94% on critics, though it's since receded a bit to be certified fresh at 87% overall. Um, Metacritic has 72% out of 53, 70, uh, score 72 out of 53 reviews. Um, for comparison, though, Joker had a 68% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 59% uh, from Metacritic. And obviously that went on to win a couple of Oscars and have a 3.5x multiplier after a $96 million opening domestically, finalizing at $335 million domestic and over a billion dollars worldwide, excluding China. Now, assuming this opens at, say, call it $130 million, you know, which with a comparatively lower 3x multiplier, they'll put about a $390 million domestic for the end of its run, maybe even $400 million. Um, and in a similar domestic range, uh, in a domestic international split would put it at just over $1.2 billion worldwide. I'm seeing variable numbers for the budget, somewhere from 185 to 200 million dollars, which would work out to needing, you know, between, uh, you know, 460 and 500 million worldwide to break even, uh, which a 1.2 billion total would, I think, uh, you know, definitely do. Um, one thing I think that's throwing a wrinkle in all this, actually, though, AMC, you know, on a recent earnings call, announced that they are going to be doing variable pricing for the Batman, uh, putting tickets for the Batman a little bit higher than other films showing at the same time in the same theaters um you know basically charging a premium for for you know this blockbuster film now this strategy of you know variable pricing has shown up in other markets you know i believe china does this for their uh lunar new year films um but the big exhibitors here in the states you know have resisted for a long time the last i can remember this happening was with movie pass where i think you know toward the end of its run um in order to try to generate some uh revenue to counteract the loss of its crazy business model um they had peak pricing where you had to pay a couple dollars extra to book the really popular films at the popular times. And we kind of all know how Movie Pass went. Um, and, you know, I, a lot of people, when this news kind of came out, definitely are not super happy about it. Um, and then might, you know, it's 
spur people to you know just wait for you know it has a 45 day window before coming out on uh digital maybe on hbo max i'm not exactly sure the exact timeline but you're definitely going to be a little bit uh a sort of theatrical window so who knows how that all that knowledge will impact the the, the consumer decision here um still you know given how big blockbusters have taken more and more of the lion's share of theatrical admissions in the in the post-pandemic world I'm not entirely surprised that the, studio, the exhibitors are trying this out, um, and you know, trying to su- and maybe trying to subsidize, you know, the non-blockbuster films that they have running that aren't making as much money. You know, I, I I would say if they were to go down this path, I would ideally like to see them, you know, reduce the price of tickets of non-peak films or maybe non-peak times um, that you know, or maybe for films that have been in theaters for you know multiple weeks at that point, you know, uh, not having the uh, surge pricing, so to speak, uh, for films that have been out for a while maybe the first weekend or so. Um, anyway, moving to international news, though, you know, the Batman has actually already had its rollout in South Korea on Tuesday the 1st, which is a national holiday for a rare Tuesday release. Um, despite COVID cases being at their highest ever um, with 150,000 cases per day, you know, it actually uh, has the highest opening since the pandemic started with 1.7 million US dollars on a single day, about the same as Black Widow back when there were about 90% fewer daily COVID cases. Now this bodes well uh, for a uh, for a the total global estimate across seventy five markets for this coming weekend of about two twenty five to two forty five million dollars uh, for the weekend. Um, now in comparison, at current exchange rates in similar markets, uh, the Joker twenty nineteen only opened to about one hundred fifty million dollars. Um, Japan will join next week on the eleventh, uh, and then rumors are that Japan, China, and Hong Kong will release their film on the weekend of the eighteenth. Uh, also, you know, I forgot, kind of forgot to throw this into my notes, but. Uh, Speaking of the high COVID cases in South Korea, this is more domestic than international, but uh, here in New York, um, they're actually going to be rolling back indoor uh, vaccine. They're definitely moving back the, 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 the mask mandate at the state level. And I believe that the mayor is going to be rolling back uh, the, inter- the indoor vaccine mandate for dining and movie theaters. Um, so kind of like kind of the, definitely the tail end of that. And, you know, obviously at this one, I think people are going to the movies if they want to go to the movies. Anyway, I don't think vaccine mandates are stopping anyone at this point especially in new york um so you know kind of uh, another sign of return to normalcy so to speak Anyway, going back to China uh, and their release of the Batman, you know, um, speaking of China, Battle of Lake Changjin 2 from the Lunar New Year has crossed the 600 million US mark for a total of 609 million dollars. That that puts it uh, still at the highest uh, film grossing film of the year so far globally. Um, in second place is uh, Too Cool to Kill, also from the Lunar New Year, um, and also just you know, Uncharted has actually leaped into the third place uh, for the global. Uh, box office rankings. Um. Anyway, the other top th- two, uh, the other two films in the top three in China this weekend, uh, were Two Tool Kill as well as Nice View, retaining their positions, coming up to uh three ninety three million globally for Two Cool to Kill and two hundred four million for Nice View. However, Hollywood film Death on the Nile has slipped out of the top five, with only eight point nine million dollars made to date. Uh, instead, animated film Boonie Bears with one hundred forty seven cumulative total came in the fourth. And then in fifth place, we have a new release: Japanese film I Fell in Love Like a Flower Bouquet, making three point three million over the weekend and a five point three million to date since its uh, Tuesday opening. 
Uh, speaking of Japan, though, Japanese film Jujutsu Kaisen Zero in Weekend 10 uh, in Japan has so far made 108.9 million US dollars over there, about 12.1 billion yen, aiming for about 13 billion for its total run. Uh, it's been on top of the charts for six consecutive weeks now and for eight weeks total since its release. Uh, tickets for its March 18th release have gone on sale here in the States. Um, in addition, anime streaming service Crunchyroll, who, and, uh, who distributes uh, Jujutsu Kaisen as well as Funimation, both of whom are now owned by Sony, they officially announced that they will be merging the con their content under the single console brand, starting with the spring anime release season coming up in March. Uh, presumably, Funimation will still do dubs and physical media releases and film releases, um, while the streaming endeavors will be under the Crunchyroll LLC banner. In other streaming news, uh, we have a couple of loose ends to talk about. Uh, Disney is bringing over the Netflix original Marvel series like Daredevil and Agents of Sealed as well later this month to Disney+. Plus. Um, this will be the first mature-rated content on the platform, uh, presumably an indicator that they are open to consolidating more mature content on the platform in the future here in the States, much like they do overseas. Uh, for Netflix, they recently uh, secured $50 million in California tax credits, uh, way more than other studios like Disney's $27 million and Warner and Amazon's $16 million each. Uh, overall, 30 films received about $149 million in credits this last round with from California. Uh, AT&T and Discovery are currently planning for a mid-April close for their Warner Media Discovery deal. Um, now, notably, Discovery Plus recently announced they hit 22 million dollars, 22 million subscribers as of the end of last year, up from 20 million, with revenue growing by 10 percent. And probably the second least of the uh, streaming platforms ahead of Peacock, uh, Paramount Plus just hit their one-year anniversary of launching, um, and they're currently running an 80% off discount for the next three, for the first three months uh, for a new deal for this coming week. So, for example, their $5 a month plan with ads will only cost $1 for the first three months. Also, this isn't quite streaming news, but since we're talking about company profits and all that, uh, Cinemark announced their first profitable quarter since the pandemic started, making 5.7 million compared to uh, you know this past uh, in profit this past quarter compared to uh, 239 million dollars in losses uh, two years ago at the same period. Uh, AMC also had the strongest quarter in two years, uh, making 1.17 billion in revenue versus only 162.5 million dollars the same time last year, though still operating at a loss of a about 134.4 million, but that's against 946 million dollars lost last year. So you know they're hoping to double revenue this year versus last year. Uh, finally, to wrap up the show, you know some movie dates that have been announced. Um, later this month, we are getting a Sandra Oh-led horror film from Sony titled Uma, uh, the Korean word for mother, from March on March 18th, which the trailer just dropped this past week. Uh, Searchlight is releasing The Banshees of Innocence, uh, starring. Um, Directed by Martin Donagh, uh, McDonagh, uh, October 21st later this year. Uh, Disney also announced the Haunted Mansion reboot starring Tiffany Haddish and Owen Wilson, among others. It's coming on March 10th, 2023. Uh, Universal has a Dracula spinoff titled Renfield starring Nicolas Cage as Count Dracula and Nicholas Holt as the titular ass uh, assistant Rainfield coming April 14th, 2023. Uh, this isn't quite a date, but Wu Jing, star of uh, the two highest-grossing films ever in China, Lake Changjin and Wolf Warrior 2, um, is set to appear in the upcoming Meg 2 film uh, to be distributed by Warner Brothers. 
And probably the weirdest movie announcement news to me, uh, Tom Brady is set to produce and act in a road trip film comedy uh, called uh, 80, for, 80 for Brady uh, from Paramount alongside Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field. I guess he needs something to do after retiring as the go to football. Um, anyway, you know, since I'm talking about Oscar films on my Oscars Death Race podcast. If you want to hear my thoughts about Serrano, you can do so over there. Um, but in that case, you know, I think uh, with, with what I've been watching over on that relegated to that podcast, you know, I think that means uh, it's a wrap for this episode. So, so my ideas for else I should be watching via email at uh, um, boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. You can find us so on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review or at the very least tell a friend. Any of that helps. If you're actually joining consider supporting us on Patreon. Let me make not only this show, but all the other podcasts I work on. Links to all of that in the show notes. Numbers used in this show come from dnumbers.com. Intern out to music from Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.fomies.io. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast. And remember, our watch goes on. Music.